Like I said, I'm going to go back to Genesis chapter 26. I'm going to read verses 17 and 18 once again, and we'll look at verse 19 as we go. But it says, So Isaac moved away to the Gerar Valley, where he set up their tents and settled down. He dug again the wells his father had dug, which the Philistines had filled in with earth after Abraham's death. Isaac also restored the names Abraham had given to each of them. And that's actually what I was planning on focusing on tonight. But God wanted to to bring a couple more truths that I believe can be found in verses 18 and 19 before I actually get to that. So what I want to do tonight very briefly is to recap where we were last week, bring us back up to speed uh, so that we can grasp better what the Holy Spirit has to speak to us tonight. And one of the first things that I want you to remember as we read through this, we're not, I'm not talking about physical wells tonight, okay? Uh, then it was physical. I'm talking about spiritual wells. So whenever you hear me talking about waters and you hear me talking about wells, God is trying to make a spiritual parallel. He is making a spiritual analogy here that He wants us to grab hold of. When you hear about, when you hear about the dirt or, or the earth that filled up these wells, I'm talking about flesh. I'm talking about the things of this world. I'm I'm talking about the things of an earthly kingdom and not the things of a heavenly kingdom. I'm not going to talk about a lot of that because I did last week. But what I want you to remember is the first thing we learned last week was found in verse 17, where Isaac moved away to the Gerar Valley, where he set up his tents and settled down. And here I want to remind you that we learned that Isaac settled down in what was called the Valley of Rumination. That's what the word Gerar means. It means the valley of rumination. It is the place of constant churning or the the place of meditation, spiritually speaking. Spiritually, at a spiritual level, it is the place where the things of God and the move of God and the Spirit of God are constantly churning and being digested in our lives. And this is where God calls us to dwell. This is the very place that God calls every one of His children to to make their abode. This is where he wants us to constantly be dwelling church. It is in it is in the presence of the Lord. The truth is that we cannot be surprised if our spirits grow dry and if our spirits grow weary if we are not dwelling in His presence. Amen? If we are not constantly in His presence, we can't be surprised if we wake up one day and we find that our spirits are dry and dusty and crusty. We can't be surprised if if we seem to be withering in the heat of temptation or withering in the heat of trouble or withering in the heat if we are not abiding in the shadow of the Almighty. Here's what you need to understand. There is strength to be found in the presence of the Lord. There is strength to be found when we make His presence the place of our abode. And this is what Isaiah or Isaac did in verse 17. He decided after wandering away because he didn't have enough faith to believe that in that place God would provide for him. So he went off to another land and he thought that he could find food and sustenance in another place only to be brought back to this valley. Valley of Gerar, where he decided that I will put my trust in God. I will put my hope in God. I will put my confidence in God. So what you and I need to understand is that the, the truth is we can visit the valley 
all that we want. We can, we can make a weekend, a, a journey to the, to the temple of the Lord all we want, but until we, until we choose the better portion, until we decide that we will plant ourselves at the feet of Jesus Christ and make that place the place of our abode and, and the place of our devotion, church, we cannot expect the, the rivers of living water and the rivers of life to be flowing through our lives. That's what we looked at and, and learned last week, church. We, we must plant ourselves at the feet of Jesus Christ. The second thing that we learn in verse 18 is that unless we dig, church, we will always be thirsty. Unless you dig, you will always be thirsty. The reality is, this passage of Scripture puts some personal responsibility upon our lives. The reality is, unless you dig, you will never be satisfied. You see, if I dig, I'll be satisfied. If I dig, I will be blessed. If I dig, I'll reap the reward. So, my point is simply this. If you don't dig... You won't find the rivers of living water. There's a personal responsibility attached to this passage of Scripture reminding all of us that we personally have to dig. Unless we dig, we'll never be satisfied. Unless we dig, we will never find waters. I taught that last week. Isaac could have walked into the valley and stared at those wells all that he wanted. But until he was willing to dig, he could have never drawn from the waters that were hidden in that well. That's what we learned last week, and I want to set it as a reminder. Remember, Jesus said, if you seek me, you will find me when you seek for me with all of your heart. There's another passage that says, if you don't work, you don't eat. There's another passage of Scripture that says, if you don't sow, don't expect to reap. You see, there is a personal responsibility attached to our, uh, uh, there's personal responsibility attached to our blessings, attached to, to, to those things that we desire to see in our lives. If you don't, if you don't go to work, don't expect a paycheck. You understand what I'm saying? If you don't sow a seed, don't walk out there every day expecting a plant to grow. It takes work to, it takes work to receive. And this is what we have to understand, that there is some spiritual responsibility attached here. We have to be willing to dig. The pastor can't do all the digging, and the staff can't do all the digging, and your spouse can't do all the digging, and your parents can't do all the digging, and your neighbor can't do all the digging, and the the prayer tower uh, over in Tulsa can't do all the, the digging. You and I must dig personally, church. Unless you are willing to dig for your sustenance, your soul will never be satisfied. Entering in the valley isn't enough. We must be willing to settle there and we must be willing to dig some wells when we get there. Dig some wells. Please understand, and I don't want to spend too much time here because I've got some other truths I want to share. Isaac dug wells. He didn't set up sprinklers. Okay, Isaac went, to the, went into the valley of Gerar and he got out a shovel and he dug some wells. He didn't pull some hoses and set up some sprinklers that just would water the surface for a little time or two. You see, what you and I need to understand is that if we want the rivers of living water flowing in our lives, we better dig some wells. We better get serious about some digging. We better get serious about prayer and serious about fasting and serious about worship and serious about the things of God. 
God. The sad reality is we think we can set up some sprinklers in our lives and experience the power of God. Please listen to me. There's nothing wrong with sprinklers. They're good for refreshing, but they're not good for sustenance. They're not good for sustaining. They're not good to to see you through. You can listen to the radio on your way to work and listen to some Christian music, but that's just a sprinkler, church. That just puts a little bit of water on your soul for the day. But there are deeper places for you and I that we have to be willing to go to if we want to experience the rivers of living water. Please understand what I'm saying. You can come into the house of God on a Sunday morning, and as powerful as that service might be, it is still a sprinkler to your soul. Because there are some personal places that you and I have to dig in order to experience the hidden treasures of God. You see, the reality is the pastor on Sunday morning is the one that did most of the digging. The choir on Sunday morning is the one that did most of the digging. The the prayer team that has prepared themselves all week are the ones that did most of the digging. And you come in and you are sprinkled upon. And it's great and it's refreshing and it's wonderful, yes. But it's not enough to see you through. It's not enough to get you through the heartache and get you through the headache. It might be enough to get you through that moment. But 20 minutes later, when you're driving down the street, please understand me, that water evaporates. You've got to have some wells dug down deep into your soul. The reason most marriages are all dried up is because they don't got no wells dug down deep in their soul. They sprinkle on their their marriage covenant every now and then. They sprinkle a little blessing on their kids. And then they wonder why they're wrapped up in the middle of hell. Because they haven't dug any wells that are capable of sustaining them and seeing them through. I didn't teach that last week, really wasn't deep on my notes this week, but it's a truth we must get from this passage of Scripture. We've got to dig wells if we want to experience the goodness of God in our lives. Remember, Abraham died. So Isaac had to dig for himself. Abraham died. He passed away. He was buried in the ground. So Isaac had to dig for himself. Abraham couldn't pray anymore. Abraham couldn't fast anymore. Abraham couldn't teach anymore. Abraham couldn't preach anymore. Abraham couldn't get a a shovel and dig any wells anymore. Isaac had to dig his own well. Isaac had to pray his own prayers. Isaac had to do his own praise and worship. Isaac had to build his own altars. Isaac had to make his own sacrifices. Do you understand? If you and I want to experience the goodness of God in our lives and the, and the flowing power of God, we must be willing to dig. Tonight, what I want to focus on, when we look at verse 18, those are just some of the truths that we looked at last week. If you missed it, you can get a tape and get caught up. Or you can actually listen to it on our website for free. But tonight I want to look at verse 18 again and point out Isaac's priorities. 
You see, this is just something that began to churn in my spirit when I, when I read over this word and I kept wanting to go on to the, I wanted to keep going on to the names of the wells and I wanted to keep going on to the, the deep meanings of the wells. But the Holy Spirit kept bringing me back and saying, there's something you're missing here. There's something that has to take place first. There's an understanding that has to come before even the names of the wells. And, and, and what that word was to me was priority. There's a priority that has to be put in place that, that the people have have to understand, to better understand this passage of Scripture. How many of you know that the Word of God is filled with priorities? It defines quite clearly what our priorities should be as sons and daughters of the Most High God. What our priorities should be as a husband, or what our priorities should be as a wife. What our priorities should be as a child. What our priorities should be as a boss, or what our priorities should be as a worker. The Word of God is filled with priorities, church. And how many of you know that there is power in proper priorities? There is power when your priorities are in right order. The the kingdom of God and the power of God and the the anointing of God and and the promises of God uh, begin to flow in our lives when our priorities are in the right place. Jesus himself said what? Seek first the kingdom of God. And all of his righteousness and then all of these other things will be added unto you. You see, he makes it very clear that there is a priority in the spiritual world. That if you make him first, then everything else you need will fall into place. If you make him first, everything else you need will flow into your life. If you make him first, you don't have to worry about the anointing. If you make him first, you don't have to worry about his favor. If you make him first, you don't have to worry about his provisions or his peace or his protection. If you make him first and you got your priorities right, church, that the power of the kingdom of heaven will flow into your lives. But if your priorities are messed up, guess what? You dry up. If, you're, if, you're, if your priorities are mixed up, I want you to understand that you will dry up. This is exactly what we have to get from this passage of Scripture. And here in Genesis 26, verse 18, I want you to see Isaac's priority. The very first well Isaac dug was his dad's and not his own. And I'm going to teach you the importance of that. The very first thing he did, the top priority on his to-do list, church, was to uncover the power of his past. He didn't go into the valley trying to establish his own name. He didn't go into the valley trying to, to put his name up in lights. He didn't go into the valley to try to establish his own personal ministry above anybody else's. The very first thing he did was to dig, redig, dig again his father's wells. It was to uncover the power of his past. The first thing Isaac dug was the existing wells of his father. They were the sustaining wells. They were wells of faith. The the, the first thing that Isaac did was to tap into the wells that were already tested, the wells that were already tried, the, the wells that were already found to be true. You see, please understand me. There's wells out there that have never been tested yet. Don't drink from them. There are wells out there that have never been proven. Don't dip into them. There are wells out there that have never been determined to be true, church. I want you to understand you need to stay away from them. But Isaac understood that the well, there were wells on that property that had been tested, wells that had been tried, wells that were true, wells that were considered faithful, wells that were able to sustain, church, the father of many nations. Please understand what the Holy Spirit is trying to teach here. The first priority 
of our Christian lives when it comes to looking for sustenance is to go to those wells that have been tested, tried, and true. The things of heaven and not the things of earth. You will be faced with a lot of wells. Again, it's something I taught last week in that same valley. Remember, there were the wells of the Philistines and the wells of Abraham. And every day you and I are going to have to make a choice of what wells we're going to draw from. But please understand, Isaac's priority was to find the wells that were full of life. Find the wells that were full of truth. Find the wells that could sustain him through hell and high water. Wells that could sustain him and feed him even in the time of famine. There was a famine going on in the land. And Isaac knew that I had to find a well that once had water. And that's where he went. That was his number one priority because he knew if he couldn't find that well, he would dry up and die. If he would not dig that well, nothing he did would survive. He had to find a well of living water. So he went to the wells of his father. It was the number one priority in our lives. Please listen to me and understand. Every single day, you better find that well. Every single day, your number one priority should be to find the well of living water that will get you through the day. Find the well and the rivers of living water that will get you through hell and high water, that will get you through your heartache and get you through your headache and make it through the mess uh, that's going on in your marriage. You've got to find those wells, church. And I'll tell you what some of those wells are simply as we go. I won't get into detail, but I want you to understand the priority, church. That Isaac put into place. The first thing he dug were the wells that had proven themselves powerful in the past. And instead of erecting a monument to himself, he opened up the wells of his father. His priorities were in place, and that's why God provided for him. That's how he was able to find sustenance for his soul. Why he was able to continue on. Because his priorities were in order. Look at it. The first wells Isaac went to were the old wells, the Bible says. They were winning wells. They were faithful wells. They were the wells of his forefather Abraham. They were the wells of the friend of God. What was Abraham called? He was called the friend of God. These were the wells that he was digging from. Listen, if I'm ever going to dig from a well or drink from a well, I'm going to drink from the well of the dude who was called the friend of God. You understand what I'm saying? If I don't want to go away thirsty, I'm going to find that dude who's been called the friend of God, and I'm going to go ask for a sip or two. You understand what I'm saying? Oh, good Lord. The problem is when we find ourselves in that place when we're dry and thirsty, we go find some dry heave somewhere else and ask them to give us a drink. And you go away thirsty. If you're thirsty, you better find that place that you can draw from. Find that person you can pull from. Find that individual that is so full of the Holy Spirit that they can saturate your soul. Don't go looking for dry wells. You got to find some wet wells. You got to find some wells that have the power to sustain your soul, church. These were the wells that were filled with favor. They were wells that were filled with faith. They were wells that were filled with righteousness. Please understand, and I'll get back to this. These were the wells that, 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 that Abraham drew from. When he was called to offer his own son Isaac a sacrifice. They were the wells of faith that he counted on. The wells of faith that he drew through. It was from these wells that he was able to say, God will provide a lamb. 
It was a well of faith. But so often, listen, in our lives, we're so dried up and died because our wells of faith have been covered up, church. We're walking by sight instead of by faith. We need to dig once again those wells of faith. That's one of the wells that we've got to go to. A well of faith that has the power to sustain us even when the devil's at our doorstep. Even when the bad report comes from the doctor. Even when there's a mess in the middle of your marriage, if you could just make your way to the wells of faith like Abraham did and say, I know God will provide a lamb. I know God will do a miracle. I know God will turn this thing around. I know God is not a man that he should lie. Not not the son of man that changed his mind. He spoke this promise into my life and I know he will do it. You see, these are the wells of faith that we have to draw from, but these are the wells that the enemy has filled in. And it's why we're drying and dying, because we're not living by faith. We're living by sight instead. These are one of the wells that we must dig ourselves, church. I can't dig your well of faith. You can't dig my well of faith. You must dig it yourself. And when you do, church, and those waters of faith begin churning in your life, I know a lot of you know what I'm talking about. You've been there. Some individuals that have, have tapped into that well of faith that have brought them through operations and months of hospitalization. Been facing death's door itself and the well of faith has brought them through. We need these wells opened up in our lives and it must be a priority, church, in our lives. Isaac knew if these wells were able to sustain, like I said, the father of many nations... They could sustain him. If these wells could sustain the father of many nations, they can sustain you and me. My household, my offspring, my grandchildren and great-grandchildren, please understand if they're good enough then, they're, they're good enough now. These are the wells that I'm talking about. In the same manner, when it comes to our spiritual refreshing, when it comes to our spiritual strength, when it comes to our spiritual sustenance, we must open up some old wells before we go digging anything else. Please grasp this, and I'll expand on it later. Before you start digging anything, you better dig some old wells. Before you start digging anything new in your life, you better open up some of those old wells. Before you, before you start a, a new relationship, you better open up that old well of prayer and start seeking the face of God. You understand what I'm talking about? Before you start a new business and you want to dig a well over there, you better open up the old wells of fasting because you're about to make an investment that might cost you every penny that you have. And you can't go into it lightheartedly, but you can trust in the well of fasting that has proven itself faithful in the past. We've got to dig those wells. Before you dig anything new, you better understand the priority and dig something old first. You better understand the pri- power of priority. Because if you don't, you're going to find yourself dried up and dying, church. Before we stuck a single shovel in this property, before we invested or, or signed on a dotted line for the, from, uh, with the bank to, to borrow $7 million. Before we dug a new well, 
You better believe we went to some old wells first. You better believe we went to the well of prayer. You better believe we went to the well of fasting. You better believe we went to the the well of wisdom and knowledge and, and discernment and understanding. You better believe that we went to some eternal wells before we signed a single a, a single name on a single piece of paper. Because unless we did, church, those new wells would dry up and die. That $7 million borrowed from the bank wouldn't be enough to build a matchstick house if, if we had not gone to the wells, the old wells first. If we didn't understand the priorities, but please listen to me. There's so many individuals, they enter into a new relationship without ever opening up the well of prayer. So many individuals enter into a marriage without ever opening up the well of the Word of God to find out the truth, to find out God's direction, to to gain some wisdom and insight and understanding. And then what do they do? They blame God when they find themselves in the middle of a mess. When God says, if you would have just dug some wells, if you would have just opened up some old wells instead of being concerned about your new well. You see what I'm saying? Isaac understood the priority. It wasn't about him. He understood the priority of digging the old wells first, and we have to understand the same exact thing. When we start something new, before we dig something new, a new marriage, a new friendship, a new relationship, a new job, a new business, a new location... Before we do any of those new things, church, we better dig up some sustaining wells first. We better open up some old wells that will give us the power to make it through, the power to sustain us through this journey, church. Listen, marriage is a lifelong journey and it's a lifelong commitment. And if you think you can make it through without digging some old wells, you're a fool. You're going to end up dried up and dead. I'm not saying that. That's the Word of God. If you don't dig up some old wells that that can pour themselves into your relationship, you're going to dry up and die. So will your business. Because you leaned on your own understanding. Because you leaned on your own strength. You leaned on your own wisdom. You leaned on your own knowledge. You, you leaned on your own position, power. You leaned on your own, own almighty dollar, church, instead of leaning on the everlasting arms of God. Those are the things that will never fail. Your power will fail. My power will fail. Your wisdom will fail. My wisdom will fail. But what? The word of the Lord will last forever. The things of God will last through all eternity. The Spirit of God will last forever. These are the things we must draw from. These are the wells that we must make a priority in our lives. You want to know why so many people fail and fall like I just said? Why so many marriages are broken? Why so many families are fractured? Why so many businesses are broke? It's because they are drawing from the wrong wells. It's because they did not dig the old wells to ensure that they were sustained. I don't want to get too teachy here, but we'll look at it again as I go, if I have enough time. Isaac needed sustenance to dig his own wells. He did dig his own wells. When you read the rest of this chapter, he did dig his own wells. And you and I will come to a place in our life where we have to dig our own wells too. We've got to dig some wells that others will draw from later, just like Abraham did so Isaac could. You understand? We, there, there is some, some of our own wells that we need to dig. But while we're digging, we need sustenance. While we're digging, we need strength. While we're digging, we need wisdom. While we're digging, we need faith. While we're working, while we're laboring, while we're, we're doing those things, we need a well that we can draw from, church. And this is what you and I need to understand. 
There is a sustenance that needs to take place before you step into anything new. If God calls you into into a, a new ministry, you better not think you can do it all on your own. You better not think you got enough wisdom. Better not think you got enough, that you're a Mr. Know-it-all. You better not think that you don't got to uh, uh, draw for some wells that have been there and done that. You understand what I'm saying? Because if you don't, you're going to dry up and die, church. In Genesis 26:18, we need to see that Abraham's wells flowed first. It was Isaac's top priority, church. To to get Abraham's wells flowing again. It was, like I said, a time of famine. And the first thing he had to do was to get the wells that he knew worked flowing once again. So if you catch anything tonight, every day there's decisions you have to make. Every day there may be some little new well that you have to dig, a new venture you might have to step into, a new decision that you might have to make, a new path that you might have to walk upon. But please understand, before you do that, those new things, you better make sure you got some old things opened up in your life. Positive things. I'm not talking about old junk. You know, there's some old ways you better leave behind. There's some old wells that you better cover up with dirt yourself. There's some old friends you better bury in that dirt so that they don't come back and haunt you. You understand what I'm talking about. There needs to be some spiritual old wells opened up in your life if you want to survive and if you want to be sustained. This is what the Holy Spirit is trying to teach us. Listen, if you go through life digging your own wells before God, your own wells will become your grave. Your own wells will become your demise. It amazes me how many people think they can go through marriage, go through life, go through ministry, all on their own. They know enough, understand enough, never have to get any, never have to gain any wisdom from anybody else. And they think that their strength is enough to get it through. And so they go dig their new wells. And those wells end up being their demise. Those wells actually end up being their own grave, digging their own grave, and they don't even know it, church. Please understand, it's the importance of making sure that we do exactly what Isaac did and dig once again the wells of our father. It amazes me how often the wells that work are the last wells that we run to sometimes, church. It amazes me how the wells that have proven themselves faithful through the years so often are the last wells that we run to. I will run to the doctor. We'll run to the drugstore. We'll run to the palm reader. We'll run to the horoscope. We'll run to the next door neighbor. We'll run to the counselor. We'll run to the telephone. We'll We'll dig all sorts of wells. Instead of running to the well that has proven itself faithful time and time again. You see, please understand, the well of prayer has proven itself from the the beginning of time. And yet, why is it that it's the last place that we run to? Why is it that it's the last place that we dig? Why is it that it's the last place that we draw from, church? One of the sad realities is that we have allowed that well of prayer to be covered up. Covered up with all sorts of other stuff, all sorts of the dirt of this earth. And it's no longer a priority in our life. You understand what I'm saying? Prayer, the power that comes from prayer isn't moving in our lives because that well has been covered up in our lives. We need to uncover that well, church. 
But it just amazes me. And I've been there. I'm not just talking about you. I've been there. Run to all sorts of other wells. Before I run to that well where I can fall on my knees and begin to dig deep into the the presence of God and the promises of God and the things of God. Because it takes work. It takes work. But that's why I go back to, listen, it was one of the priorities. If you're not willing to dig, don't be surprised if you dry up. If you're not willing to dig in prayer, if you're not willing to go deeper into fasting, if you're not willing to dig deeper into worship, if you're not willing to dig, are you understand, into the Word of God, those things that are filled with the, the sustenance of heaven, if we're not willing to dig, we can't be surprised if we dry up, church. But it's where so many of us are at because we're running to the wrong wells. And I won't belabor that. But what we have to understand is that so often we run to every newfangled well of worldly wisdom we can before we dip into the wonder-working wells of the Lord. Oh, we'll get the advice from Dr. Oz. We'll get advice from Dr. Phil. We'll get advice from The View. We'll get advice from Bill O'Reilly. We'll get advice from all of these TV personalities when the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is just waiting for you to dip into the well of His wisdom, church. Do you understand what I'm saying? God Himself said, If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask, and I will give it to him liberally. He said, Ask, and you will receive. We're asking the wrong people, church. We're running to the wrong wells. And we wonder why we're dried up dry and crusty. Please understand, this is what we have to understand. We will not find the strength to dig our wells, to make our mark, and to leave our legacy unless we are first willing to dig the wells of Abraham. Unless we're willing to go to those places of power that we know have been tested and tried in the past. Some of you have been there. You know how powerful those places are. You know what God has brought you through. You know the miracles that He's performed. And so now it's easier for you to run to those places and trust in those places. Please listen to me and grasp this. One of the reasons that, that, that Isaac was so willing to go back to that well was because he understood it was that very well that saw his father through that moment where he had to lay his son upon an altar. Isaac went back a number of years to when he was a young boy and said, Those wells worked for my daddy, and those wells will work for me. They saw my daddy through, and they'll see me through. And they'll see my son through as well. Please grasp this, church. It's the power of priority that must be put in place in our lives. One of the problems with today's society is that we seem to be enthralled by new things instead of old things. You see, listen to me. Without the wells of our forefathers, without the old wells to draw from, without the wells that worked 3,000 years ago flowing in our lives, without those being a priority in our lives, we will not find the strength to carry on today. The priority should be the old well. But like I just said, we're living in a society that's not thrilled with the old. They're thrilled with the new. Got to have the, the newest gizmo, the newest game, the newest gadget, the newest fashion. We've got to have the newest shoes and the newest purse. And we've got to have the newest car and the, the newest house. And we've got to have the newest. We've got to have the newest church of everything. It's who we are. 
It's what we are in the flesh. You understand me? But please understand the spirit man understands that there's something valuable in the old. The, The spirit man understands that there is power to be drawn from the old wells that were once dug by our spiritual forefathers. The, the, the fleshly man, the carnal man, isn't satisfied with the old. They want something new. They want a new word, and they want a, a, a new song, and they want a new dance, and, and they want a new revelation, and they want a, a new pastor, and they want a, a new music leader. You understand what I'm saying? Because they're babies, because they're carnal, because they're walking in the flesh. They don't understand the value of the old thing. They don't understand the power that has been plowed by our forefathers that have gone before us, church. They think they're irrelevant. They think they're antiquated. They think they're old fogies, and I'm saying that kindly because they use other words. They, th- they, they think that the old wells are irrelevant. They're, they're not hip, and, and, and they're, they, they, they don't apply to today. May I differ with you greatly, because the Bible tells me that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It tells me what He did a thousand years ago, He'll do today, and He'll do a thousand years ago. The Word of God reminds me that what was unholy ten thousand years ago was unholy today, and it will be unholy from the time He comes back. What God smiled on a hundred years ago, He smiles on today, and He'll smile on tomorrow. What He cursed from the foundation of the earth, He'll curse today, and He'll curse tomorrow. Because He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Isaac understood that, church. Isaac understood that there was power to be found in the past. That there was power to be found in the things of yesteryear. Listen, I'm not telling you that we got to act just like them. There are ways that we can deliver the Word, but if you change the Word, you better be careful. Listen, we're not living in the the 1800s. We're not driving around on cows and we're not driving around or riding around on camels and donkeys. And we got cars today, okay? It is called progress. But my God is still the same. His Word is still the same. His statutes are still the same. My responsibilities as a son or a daughter of God are still exactly the same. He still wants me to pray. He still wants me to fail. He still wants me to direct my prayers into Him in the morning and look up, church. There's things that never change. But we're living in a society, like I told you last week, wants to change those things. They want to fill in the wells of Abraham so they they would not affect and influence their society today. It's happening today. Why do you think we're in such a mess? Because the wells of our forefathers... The wells of our founding fathers who established this nation on the Word of God and the principles of God and on the Spirit of God and wisdom of God. Those wells are being filled in one generation after the next. And we wonder why we're drying up and dying as a nation. Because the old wells aren't flowing. I told you last week, Ten Commandments are coming down. You can't mention Jesus in school. You can't, you, you can't, you can't thank God at, at, a, at, a, at a graduation ceremony. My God, what's happening? That I can't say thank you, Jesus, and thank God that He brought me to this place where I am graduating? What's wrong with this nation? 
You know what's wrong? We have allowed the wells of Abraham to be filled in. And now we're sipping and drinking from the wicked wells of this world. And we're happy with it. We're happy with it. And we wonder why we're dry and dying. Isaac made his priority clear against all opposition. And I'll talk on it next week. Against all obstacles, against all strife, against everything that stood in his way. He dug that well because he knew it was the source of strength for his life. That's why he called the first well contention. That's why he called the second well strife. Because anytime you try to do the things of God, some people aren't going to be happy. I'm going to talk about that next week, but I'm just giving you a preview. Please understand, this is what you and I have to gather from this passage of Scripture. The reality is there are some things that don't need fixing. There are some things that don't need changing. There are some things about God and things spiritually that don't need improving. There are some things that don't need to be modified or fancified. There are some things we don't have to wrap in gold and put a a pretty ribbon on. There are some things that don't have to be changed concerning the power of God. We just need to dig and get them. But we want to change the message because it might be offensive or it's not tolerant. We feel like we've got to be a little more politically correct. You understand? We water down the message of God. We pour a little poison into the wells of life. You, when you water down the... Please listen to me. When you water down the pure, unadulterated Word of God, you poison it. You poison it. Because that watered-down Word will lead someone straight to death and hell. It's poison. It's not water. We're drinking from poisoned wells. There's people all across this nation sitting in churches that are drinking from poisoned wells. Because they don't have the power to change their soul. They don't have the power to cleanse them from sin. They don't have the power to bring them to the well of repentance at the altar of God. If the Word of God that is being spoken does not lead you to a place of repentance. It's a poison word. It's not the wells of the Father. And I'm not saying every time I preach a word, it's got to lead you. But you understand, if the message as a whole doesn't lead you to a place of repentance, it's a poisonous word. You can find them a dime a dozen all over the TV screen. It's all about cars in your garage. It's all about money in your bank. It's all about a smile on your face. It's all about cotton candy and fluff. It's all about, it, 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 it's, it's poisonous word, church, because there's nothing about that word that leads you to the cross of Jesus Christ. There's nothing about that word that helps you identify the sin. It's a poisonous word. It's a well you cannot afford to draw from. It's a well that puts you to sleep. It's a well that causes you to slumber. It's a well that causes you to not be ready when the trumpet sounds, church, and the clouds roll back. And the angel of the Lord descends himself with a shout and says, it's time to come home. If the wells you are drawing from don't prepare you for that moment, you are drinking from a poisonous well. And you cannot afford to drink from it, church. We need to drink from wells that are filled with life. That was nowhere on my notes, but I know the Holy Spirit wanted me to speak at church. Here's where I'm getting ready to close. What you and I need to understand is that in Jeremiah 16, this is how I'll wind down. God speaks to a people that had wandered from the ancient paths. 
He's speaking to a people that once knew the truth, okay? He's speaking to an indiv- a, a group of individuals who were drinking from polluted wells. They were walking in their own ways. The wells of their father had been filled up and they were drinking from new wells. They were adopting a new set of standards and a new way of life and a new form of worship church. Their society was filling in the old wells of truth with the lies of the earth. And he, God, speaks to them and says this, thus says Yahweh, making clear who was talking to the people. And I'll stop there and just teach you a quick lesson. Please understand, there will be voices and, and words and proclamations that come into your life. You better make sure they're from God. You better make sure they're from Yahweh. You better make sure they are flowing forth from wells of living water. You understand where I'm going? And it says this, stand in the ways and look intently. Stand in the ways and look with purpose and urgency. Examine your way. With all seriousness is what God is saying. And ask after the ancient paths, the old ways, which one is the beneficial way? Which one is the the blessed way? Which one is the prosperous way? Ask which one is God's way, God says himself. Don't ask which way is man's way. Don't ask which is the modern way. Don't ask which is the most comfortable way. Don't ask which is the popular way. Don't ask which is the politically correct way. Ask which is God's way and walk in it, God says. And when you do, you'll find refreshing for your souls. When you and I walk in the ancient paths, when you and I are willing to walk on the old paths, When you and I are willing to dig up some old wells of those that have gone before us in the Lord, church, we will find refreshing for our souls. But if we don't, the Bible says, we will dry up and die. Here's what I want to say, and here's what I want us to understand, is that we better be serious about the decisions that we make. God said, look intently. When you come to that crossroad in life, When you come to that that place where you have to make a life-changing decision, when you come to that place where you have to decide your future, when you come to that place where you're about to ask someone out on a date, you're about to ask someone to get married, you're about to make a life-altering, life-changing decision, when you are in the crossroads of life, God says you better take that moment seriously. God says, when you find yourself in that place, you better not go asking man. And you better not go asking your, your simple next door neighbor. You better not be go asking Dr. Phil. And you better not go asking them ladies on the view. What you need to do is you need to find a well of truth. You need to find a place of prayer. You need to find that well of fasting and you better start digging. Because if you make the wrong decision and you make the wrong choice, you're going to end up in a grave. You're going to end up away from God instead of closer to God. This passage of Scripture reminds me that we need to take seriously the roads that we travel and the paths that we take. We need to take seriously who we marry, who we date, who we have relationships with. We better take seriously the business that we start or the ministry that we are part of. We better take seriously the people that we listen to and the voices we give heed to because they have the power to destroy your life if you make the wrong decision. I'm trying to close, but the reality is there are so many individuals whose lives are messed up because when they found themselves in that crossroad, they never stopped 
to ask, is this God's way? Is this God's way? We counsel dozens, if not hundreds of marriages every single year at South Metro and at Lifeback Recovery, who's a sister ministry, simply because those individuals, when they stood at that crossroad in their life, never even asked, is this God's way? They never even asked, is this God's perfect plan for my life? Is this the person God has prepared for me? Is this a beneficial path to go down? You understand what I'm saying? That the house of God is filled with individuals when they are faced with life-changing, life-altering decisions. Never stop to ask, is this God's way? The woman with three children out of wedlock is struggling in life because at the moment when she gave herself away, she didn't stop to ask, is this God's way? Is this God's way to security? Is this God's way to provision from some bum that just wants to take from me physically and walk away next week? They never stop to ask and they're finding themselves in a dry place, in a barren place, because they didn't understand the urgency of saying, is this God's way for my life? Is it God's way? I don't know what you're facing tonight. I know you've got life-changing decisions that every, every single one of us, we're faced with those moments every single day. But we have to ask ourselves, have you taken the time to say, is this God's way? The dude that is now an, an alcoholic, the girl that is now a drug addict, in that moment when they were looking for peace, in that moment when they were looking for popularity, in that moment when they were looking for acceptance, did not stop to ask, Is this the beneficial path for me to take? Is this going to lead to life and blessings? Is it going to lead to death or curses? You understand, when difficulties are going on in a marriage, and it seems like there's no hope, does that couple even dare to stop and ask the Holy Spirit, Is this your plan or your purpose, God? Is divorce part of your plan for my life? You understand what I'm saying? We're so quick to dig our own wells. And we wonder why we're dry. We wonder why we're dying. We wonder why we're dusty and crusty. Because we haven't asked the most important question. Because our priorities are out of place, church. And what the Holy Spirit is trying to teach us as I bring this to a close is that we must understand the power of priority. We must be willing to go to the proper wells in order to find sustenance for our life, church. We have to be willing to open up old wells so that we can have the sustenance we need to dig our own new wells. Listen, I'm trying to wind this down. God has a plan for every single one of you in this place. He has things planned for you that you have yet to experience. Eye has not seen and ear has not heard what God has in store for you, church. But please listen to me. God is going to be very careful to reveal a new thing to you unless He knows that you have learned how to go to the old wells. Some of you wonder why I'm not getting revelation. Some of you wonder why God's not moving me on. Some of you wonder why I'm stuck in a rut. Some of you wonder why you can't find a husband, you can't find a wife. All of these things, you wonder why. It's because you have not demonstrated to the Lord 
that you're willing to go to the old wells and dig what you need in order to support what he's about to put on your plate. God won't do that. He won't deny himself. If you're not ready, he's not going to give it to you. So I'm challenging you with this tonight. If you want those rivers of living water flowing in your life, you've got to be willing to go dig some old wells. If you want to see the good things of God come your way, you've got to be willing to dig some old wells, church. You understand what I'm saying? How many of you want the power of God flowing through your life? I want you to stand to your feet. How many of you experienced those wells of living water flowing through your life? If that's you, this is what we have to pray.